This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Actually, I should say that I'm so thankful to be here. November is sometimes seen as a time of reflection and gratitude, so on today's show, we're exploring what we and our listeners are thankful for in our quilting lives. We also explore different types of scissors, a fun project a staff member is working on, tips for washing wall quilts, and ideas for your quilty holiday wish list. It's going to be such a fun show, so let's dive in. This week is Thanksgiving in the United States, so we have gratitude on our minds. If you follow us on social media, you've probably seen our daily posts the last two weeks asking everyone to share what they're thankful for in different categories, everything from handmade gifts you've received to tools you can't live without to uh, your quilting community. And it's been just so uplifting to hear everyone's stories and see photos, especially after how hard this year has been for so many people. Um, It's just nice to reflect on the good things in all of our lives. Today, our staff and some of our listeners are sharing the quilty things that we're thankful for. I'll start. First, I want to tell you all that I'm so thankful to everyone who's listening at It means so much to me that you join us here every week on the podcast. It really does. Next, I want to show gratitude to my sewing room. So when I first started sewing, I didn't have a sewing space at all. I had a tiny part of a closet to store my supplies, my machine, and my fabric. And then every time I wanted to sew, I had to haul whatever I needed to our dining room table and then put it around away like right when I was done and I did this for five years Um, and it did have a lot of pluses to go along with it for instance I learned to keep my space incredibly neat Um, I only could keep supplies and fabric that I truly loved and have space for and it helped me maximize my sewing time and I have taken those lessons with me all the way to now and I hope I will always keep them with me Uh, but it was also a pain in the butt (laughs) So a few years ago, we bought a new house, and when we were looking for a new house, I really hoped that we might have a spare bedroom that I could turn into a sewing room, but you know, of course, I wasn't going to buy a whole house uh, planned just around this extra space, Um, but it actually all worked out, and I was able to move my sewing room into a small spare bedroom that has a view of our garden, it has a lot of natural light, and it gave me room to grow. And the best part of it all was that I was finally able to buy a standing ironing board, which I didn't have room for before. I was using a little tabletop iron, which was very hard and tedious to press any sort of fabric with. So getting that standing ironing board was a a true game changer in my sewing game. 
So every time I spend time in my sewing room now, I just feel so thankful to have a space devoted to something that makes me so happy. This is Jody Sanders, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting. I'd like to share my quilting blessing with you today. I'm thankful for my coworkers. I get to work with an amazing group of people who love color, fabric, and pattern as much as I do. Although we come to quilting from a variety of perspectives and may make differing choices in terms of technique, I am inspired every day by their passion for the quilting industry and for our brands in particular. One of the things that we've been doing since we've been working remotely, we don't get to have our normal show and tell that we would do in the office. Now how we do it is via an email chain. So someone will start, will send a photo to the whole group of a new finished project or something that they've been working on, and then the reply to all emails start. It gives us a sense of community even when we aren't physically together. And I feel so very blessed to be part of this group. Hi, I'm Allison Gam, and I'm the designer of Quilts and More magazine. There are so many things I'm thankful for when it comes to quilting, but the first thing that comes to mind is my job. I feel so fortunate that I get to spend the majority of my days working with quilts in one capacity or another. As designer of the magazine, I get to see all of the beautiful quilts in person before they get photographed and featured in the issue. I've had the opportunity to meet some incredible quilt designers and other prolific people in the quilting industry. But perhaps the thing I'm most thankful for when it comes to my job is that it's where I learned to quilt. Starting out, I knew the bare minimum when it came to quilting, but most of my knowledge over the last eight years has come from my coworkers. They have taught me so much about the quilt process, history of quilts, best practices, and much, much more. We all cheer each other on in our personal quilting lives as well as professional. It's always exhilarating bringing a finished project into the office and hearing collective oohs and ahs, especially considering that none of my projects would have come into being had it not been for the skills I learned on the job. Even during quarantine, we've had occasional show and tells to share what we've been working on. There's something so unique and special about having your coworkers also be your quilting cheerleaders. I'm so grateful to everyone I've been able to meet and learn from over the years. I'm Doris Brunette, editor of Quilt Sampler magazine. The people that quilting has brought into my life is what I'm most thankful for. Even though one might think of it as a solitary hobby or activity, I've met so many people and my circle of friends has expanded greatly because of my passion for quilting. I'm Elizabeth Stumbo, the art director for American Patrick and Quilting Magazine, and I am thankful for my Aunt Jen, who is a talented quilter and an amazing teacher. Over the years, she has taught many of the women in my family how to quilt, including myself, and she loves to share her passion with all of us. She is a generous and patient teacher, and she's always standing at the ready with a seam ripper in hand to help correct our mistakes and show us an easier or quicker way to do something. When we get together at our family quilt retreats, she rarely sits down and works on a personal project. Instead, you'll find her circulating the room, helping others with their projects, and offering advice. Whenever I select an ambitious pattern that is beyond my skill level, I always turn to her for help. I can't tell you how many times she has walked me through the steps for foundation paper piecing.
Hi, I'm Joanna Bergerino, and I'm the editor of Quilts and More magazine. In terms of quilty blessings, I think I'm most thankful for you, our listeners and readers. Is that corny? It sounds a little corny, but it is true. Whenever I hear from our readers about how they loved a pattern, learned a new tip, or even went out of their way to find Quilts and More on newsstands because it's their favorite magazine, it just really makes my day. The best part is when I get positive feedback from a pattern that was a headache to figure out. There's always one troublesome project per issue, and no, I won't tell you which one it is, and I worry that I didn't get all of the wrinkles ironed out of it before the issue was printed. So hearing that people made the project easily and loved it makes all that struggle worthwhile. It's always nice to hear how your hard work was appreciated. It reminds me, too, that I should return the favor and tell others how I appreciate them. So, yeah, I'm thankful for all of you and for how you trust us to provide you with quilty content. Now I have a listener email to read. So this email is from Ellen. She writes, I am thankful to my dear friend Amy. I worked with Amy and she would come into work with these beautiful pictures of the quilts she made. I have always loved quilts, but never in my wildest dreams ever thought I would make one. Amy saw something in me that I did not and encouraged me to take a quilting class. Ironically, my mother was a great sewist and my sister is one too. My mother is smiling down on me from heaven with all the sewing I have been doing since 2017. And to add to the irony, my mother was a home economics teacher, but I was never interested in the sewing aspect, just the cooking one. Well, fast forward, and I have made eight quilts and several sewing projects, such as zippered pouches, mug rugs, birth cloths, bandana bibs, and more. Amy opened up a whole new world for me. I truly believe that God put me in Amy's path. We no longer live near each other, but her presence is with me every day. Thank you, Amy. I am also thankful for my husband, Wayne, who encouraged and supported me in my new endeavor. Without his backing, no pun intended, haha, I wouldn't be able to pursue my new world of quilting and sewing. Thanks so much for writing to us, Ellen. We're thankful Amy brought you into the quilting world, too. Now, on to a few listener voicemails we received. Hi, my name is Candace Sanders, and I'm from central Utah. My quilting journey started with a woman named Ruth. I was a hospice nurse for over 25 years, and Ruth was a patient of mine. Uh, she and her husband, they didn't have any children, so you found yourself, you did the extra little things, make sure they had groceries, make sure that they had food prepared. I did all these extra little things, and I spent more time with her because she needed that kind of support, and she went over with me all her quilts. She was an avid quilter. She had won many ribbons, and um, it was fun to see the quilts through her eyes and how she made them. After she passed away, I went back to my office and found some moving boxes just full of her uh, quilting tools and quilting books that she um, bequeathed to me. I was pretty surprised at the time. I had five young children and knew that quilting probably wasn't something I could try right then. And it really wasn't something that I had ever been around. 
So a couple of years ago, in tribute to Ruth, I took a beginning quilting class and uh, have been hooked ever since and just love making quilts. And I think about Ruth often, and I'm so grateful for the influence she had in my life. Thank you. Hi, I'm Melanie Hayes, and I'm from Orange County, California. And one of my uh, biggest quilty blessings is actually a relationship that can be competitive most of the time amongst people. And uh, that's the relationship between in-laws. So I am super thankful this holiday season for my son-in-law's mom. So we grandparent together. We have a couple of grandsons. And my daughter um, uh, has this, these adorable grandboys. And so both me and the other grandma quilt. And I was a little nervous about that at first because, of course, we both wanted to make baby quilts when the boys were born. And um, we both are interested in the same hobby. So naturally, with in-laws, there could definitely be competition. And fortunately, this relationship is um, just nothing but pure joy. And we there's no competition at all. And for the boys, we were able to go uh, and buy the fabric together and share our quilts together and just be genuinely happy and encouraging of each other's quilting process and especially when it goes to our children. So just this Thanksgiving season, super thankful for her. Bye-bye. Thank you both for calling in. We're going to take a quick ad break, but hang tight. When we come back, we're exploring different types of scissors and a fun project a staff member is working on. Welcome back. I'm here with Joanna, the editor of Quilts and More magazine for Sewing Toolbox, a segment where we explore the basic tools you use daily in your sewing room. So Joanna, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to be taking a look at scissors and shears. I love a good pair of scissors. There's something so satisfying about cutting with sharp fabric scissors. I agree. And we know quilters take their scissors seriously. We've seen so many little jokes about quilters getting angry with family <laughs> members for using their fabric scissors to cut paper or to open boxes. I know personally my husband has done that a few times. So Joanna, what do we need to know about scissors? Well, first to start off with um, a little bit of a disclaimer. So I actually learned something I didn't know when I was researching this topic. Apparently the main difference between scissors and shears is that scissors have two finger loops of the same size, while shears have a smaller thumb loop and a larger loop for your fingers. I had always assumed the difference had to do more with the blade size, but apparently not. Who knew? Um, <laughs> yeah. I must say I prefer the smaller thumb loop, so I guess I like shears better, but um, yeah, who knows? Um, so just to keep the conversation simple though, this is the disclaimer part. We're probably going to use the terms interchangeably, but just know that there are some differences even if we say the wrong thing. So the first type of scissors we're going to be looking at are pinking shears. These are good for cutting woven fabrics that you don't want to fray. They can also be used for decorative elements. Pinking shears cut a zigzag edge, which helps stop fraying. Another use for them is trimming the seam allowances of any curved pieces you have instead of cutting small notches. The zigzag edge helps the curved edge lie flat. 
Genius. I love that tip. (laughs) Sewing scissors are good for your all-purpose sewing. So they're probably what most quilters have in their workspaces. The blades come in length, in many lengths, with five inches long being one of the most common sizes. I like to use scissors for smaller pieces or cutting out fabric pieces from templates, especially if the pieces would be tricky to rotary cut. Next up are dressmaker shears. And they're actually pretty similar to sewing scissors. They usually have one rounded blade and one tapered blade that help prevent snags, especially if you're sewing with specialty garment fabrics. They tend to have slightly longer blades, usually around seven to 10 inches. Embroidery scissors are another one and they are small specialty scissors for cutting threads and using in your on the go sewing. They have short blades that allow you to easily clip threads close to the fabric. They are sometimes called snips. So since the holidays are coming, I just wanted to add that they are really good gifts. They come in a lot of cute designs, so they might be uh, good for giving to your sewing buddies this year. Ooh, that's a good idea. And then finally, we're going to talk about batting shears, which are used for cutting large pieces of batting. They are the most unique looking of the scissors we're covering today because they have blades that rest flat on a table and an elevated handle. The flat blade makes it easier to cut batting while keeping it flat on a table. Many long arm quilters have these scissors to easily cut batting off the bolt. Finally, this applies to all types of scissors, but again, make sure you use your fabric scissors only for fabric. If you use them for paper or other materials, they get dull and they won't cut through the fabric as well as Lindsay already mentioned. And I know I'm guilty of of this. I grab the first scissors I see sometimes, but just be mindful of that because it really does wear scissors down. Do you have a favorite pair of scissors, Lindsay? I know for me, I have a pair of Fisker scissors that have a spring-loaded handle that I'm really enjoying at the moment, but my go-to are my classic silver Ginger 8-inch shears. Yeah, I have to say I do love the Ginger shears too. Um, But I use my thread snips, which they don't have finger holes. It's just a little spring action handle the most often. And I have it sitting right by my sewing machine because I use it to cut threads and trim fabrics and for all of my handwork projects. So that's amazing. Yeah. So next we're moving on to what's on your workspace, a segment where our staff shares the fun projects they're working on. So Joanna, let's hear what you're working on. So a good friend of mine is getting married soon, and I am currently working on a wedding quilt for her and her husband-to-be. I actually really hope neither of them listen to this podcast or I just totally ruin the surprise. (laughs) We'll keep it under wraps. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I wanted to make a bed-sized quilt, um, but also one that was fairly fast. So I decided on the pattern Winter Frost by Rebecca Lidstrom of Studio R Quilts. The pattern is in the winter 2021 issue of Quilts and More, which is on newsstands now. And it's only two simple blocks, so I should be able to get it done in the next couple of months, I hope. Uh, But it'll be just in time. One of the hardest things for me whenever I make a wedding quilt is to figure out a color scheme that both the bride and groom will love. Usually I'm friends with the brides and have only met the groom once or twice. It's pretty easy to figure out her favorite colors, but I really want... The quilt to be something they both will enjoy. Sometimes I'll try and be sneaky about it and figure out their color and decor preferences, hoping they won't notice and ask me any follow-up questions. Um, this time I decided to use the original quilt as my um, 
starting point. It's in shades of teal, navy, and aqua, and I actually think it's a pretty good color palette for either a girl or a guy. So using that as my starting point, I then, well, I want to use my stash exclusively for this. So I decided to change a few of the colors to match what's in my stash. So I changed the teal to aqua and the aqua centers to green. Um, so basically, I looked at what colors I had the most of and then tried to stick as close to the original as possible. Plus, I've seen him wear greens and blues, um, so he can't hate them that much. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's what I'm going for anyway. <laughs> I feel like those are pretty safe colors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might need to make a few changes just because as I'm making up the blocks, I'm noticing I don't quite have a lot of contrast between the aqua and green, but so far so good. I think it's turning out well, and now my main hurdle is just if I can finish it on time. I love that, Joanna, and you are truly amazing for tackling a wedding quilt during the busy holiday season. Um, and just, I have a little tip that I have used in the past for choosing colors. Um, I do this for baby quilts too. I always check out their wedding or their baby registry. And a lot of times they register for like decor items, like towels or bed sheets or, you know, other knickknacks. So sometimes like clues you in to maybe what colors are in their home or their bedrooms. <laughs> oh, that is a great idea. I don't think they have a registry yet, but I'm going to go snoop and see if I can find out. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to link to the quilt that Joanna's making in our show notes because like she said, it's, it's only two simple blocks, but it looks a lot more complicated. So if you're looking for a quick gift that really will make everyone you know, think it's a lot, <laughs> you spend a lot more time on it than you did, this, this could be the project for you. So we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're answering a listener question and sharing some quilty items on our wish list. Welcome back. Now it's time for Ask Us Anything, a segment where we answer your most pressing quilting questions. This question was submitted by Annie and Dorothy. They write, we have a question about our wall hanging quilts. Over the years, we made several quilts we hang on the wall. We have now washed them because we feel the original starch in the fabric helps it to hold its shape and hang flat. They are getting dusty with the passage of time. At some point, we do want to wash them, but we worry they may be wrinkled like the quilts we put on bed or use as throws. What should we do? Great question. I know there are probably quite a few people out there stumped on how to clean their wall hangings too. I have a few suggestions for you to consider. The first, you may not need to actually wash your wall quilt at all. If you're just worried about dust and dirt accumulation, there are some simple solutions. You can shake the quilt outside to remove any loose dust. Then roll a sticky lint roller over the quilt to remove any stubborn dust. And you can also try vacuuming both the front and back of a quilt to help preserve it. So to do this, you place like a nylon hose or net over the end of a vacuum hose and just gently draw the hose over the quilt's surface without rubbing it. It will suck up dirt as gently as possible. But... If you do feel like you need to give the quilt a deeper wash, we suggest hand washing the quilt in cold water, then laying it flat to air dry. 
and this should help keep the quilt from shrinking or getting that crinkle that your bed quilts get after washing them. And then when it's completely dried, you can press the quilt with an iron to give it that crisp, flat look that you love. We hope these suggestions were helpful. We know it's not like a revolutionary solution, but it's a simple one and it will preserve the integrity of all your wall quilts every time you switch them out. So if you have a question you'd like us to answer on air, just shoot us an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Now we're moving on to what we're loving. So we know many of you started your holiday shopping early this year, so we wanted to give a few product suggestions to jazz up your gift wrapping this year. The first product is from Renaissance Ribbon. Their website, of course, sells lots and lots of beautiful ribbon that can be used to wrap packages, but specifically, we are loving this sewing theme ribbons from Tula Pink's collection with Renaissance. So it's based off Tula's homemade fabric collection for Free Spirit Fabrics. And these ribbons feature scissors and sewing machines and measuring tapes and these gorgeous jewel tone colors. And it would just be such a creative way to wrap all of your handmade presents this year. Next, we want to talk about Light Steema Seam 2, the letters, numbers, and shapes from The Warm Company. Whew, that was a long name. <laughs> Basically, they're these fusible applique sheets that come pre-printed with letters, numbers, and symbols in two different sizes each. So you can spell a name, a date, or even a fun phrase with these fusible shapes to really help personalize any project you're making. And the best part about it is the fusible is permanent, it requires no stitching, and it's washable, which is great. That means a little less work on your end when you personalize these presents. And lastly, we wanted to give a shout out to Allison Glass's holiday set of gift wrap. The set comes with six holiday designs and they each measure 19 and, a half, 19 and a half by 27 inches. And the paper is really high quality with a matte finish and it's so beautiful and it feels really gorgeous. So over the last few months, we shared all of our top picks for our gift items. So if you're still looking to add things to your wish list or you're shopping for your quilting friends, make sure and go back to listen to the last few episodes um, so that you can kind of see what was on our lists. And of course, we'll link to all these gift wrapping products in our show notes so that you can pick them up if you want to add a little extra something to your presents this year. Okay, before we leave today, I want to mention this amazing subscription offer that we have only for our podcast listeners. So our podcast listeners can get 60% off a year subscription to American Patchwork and Quilting. So if you've been wanting to get one, take advantage by visiting our show notes to find all the info. And I honestly just checked out the website and because of these holiday deals they're running, the subscription is actually 86% off, which is insane. <laughs> and it also makes a really great gift for the holidays too. So like I said, visit our show notes and you can find out how to take advantage of this awesome deal. Listeners, we're so thankful for you all. 
Thank you for listening. And if you're in the U.S., have a great Thanksgiving.